Every day during this great and terrible pause, the Crude Street podcast is spending 10 minutes with readers and book lovers from around the world to discover what they're reading, what they'd recommend, and how they're dealing with the unprecedented times in which we find ourselves. Today I'm talking to best-selling, award-winning, and critically acclaimed editor anthologist Anne Vandermeer, who joins me from the southern wilderness of Florida. Hello, Anne. Hi, how are you doing? I'm well, and how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Considering. Considering. How are you (laughs) coping with this mad, insane time? Are you functioning, working, reading, all that kind of stuff? Well, I'm definitely um, busier than I thought I would be. One of the things that I'm doing that is fantastic is that I Skype every single afternoon with all three of my grandchildren. So we're in three different time zones. So every afternoon we Skype for 30 minutes and I read books to them. So we're doing that. That's wonderful. That's a, yes. I mean, it goes to show the, the odd things that technology can allow you to do and, and to reach out in a human way when physically you couldn't be together, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And you know, I, I haven't, I've Skyped with them before, but I've never done it on a daily basis. So now it's been a little bit over two months and we've read quite a few books in that time period. And it was really a challenge for me to find books that would work for all of them because I have it. The youngest is 10 mm-hmm. and the oldest is 15. That's so big... trying to get something that a 15 year old will engage in. Yeah. That's not too much for a 10 year old. And then I have the 13 year old right there in the middle. So I got the three boys and trying to get them to agree on what they want to do and what we're going to read. And so it's interesting that the first book that I chose for them was Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Okay, yeah. Because I wanted to read something that's funny, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, In yeah. the beginning, it was all stressful. And I had never read that book before, Jonathan. But let me tell you something. That Wimpy Kid, he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he really was kind of a jerk. And so we talked about that because he was not nice to his best friend. So anyway, it's, it's been really interesting and, and fun and we're trying different ways. And, and the other thing that's really good about that is since I'm with the kids every day, my children get a break, but I get to have eyes on them every day so I can check to see how they're doing as well, yeah, yeah. you know, because they're, they're both working at home. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. I mean, we have the opportunity when we're fortunate enough to, to actually check in with each other and see each other. And it seems like it's a critically important thing to do because it is such an, a strange time and unprecedentedly, pre- unprecedentedly and weirdly for everybody at the same time. Right. Right. It's, you know? it's worldwide. I mean, we've, we've seen things like this before in certain areas of the, of the world, certain pockets, but to have something that we're all in this together. I mean, we truly are. Yeah, very much. So, look, let, let me ask you the thing we're here to start off talking about, which is, so tell me, what are you reading at the moment, and critically, is it any good? <laughs> well, I tell you, one one book that I just finished reading, and um, it's this book right here, it's Otessa Moshfeg, My Year of Rest and Relaxation. She just had a new book just come out, but this is the book that came out prior to that, and so I'm late to the game in reading this, and I thought... Because I like her work, I would give it a, a, yeah, yeah. a, a try. Pardon me? Yeah, I'm listening, yes. Oh, um, this this book, it's about a woman who decides she wants to take an entire year and just sleep. So yeah. she goes to see a very questionable doctor to get all the drugs that she needs that will help her to sleep so that she can sleep for a whole year. And it's really a fascinating book, and, and it just – it. I started reading it at a time that was right for me because everyone's stressed about 
being at home and what's going on in the world and people are having a hard time sleeping. So I was kind of connecting with her book mm -hmm. about the desire to sleep. <laughs> so I thought that was, this, this was an absolutely um, joy for me to read, although some people might find it a little bit too dark. But you know me, Jonathan. You know I like the dark side. That's true. So yes. that's a book. And another book that I just finished a couple days ago, because I have to kind of switch back and forth. This is a nonfiction book. It's a collection of essays by Samantha Irby, I-R-B-Y, Samantha Irby. And it's called, Wow, No Thank You. It's a collection of essays that she's written. She's a comedian, and she is hysterically funny to the point where I'd be reading this, and I would just be laughing out loud, and I'd have to keep reading little sections to Jeff and um, posting them in text messages to my friends, you know, because we're all trying to keep each other happy and, you know, not going crazy and all. And um, that 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 book has been great. And this is her new novel. Her, I mean, her new collection. So now I need to go back and read all the others because I've never heard of her before. So that was really great. And then another book that that I um, also finished reading recently is Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu. Yep. Yes. And I absolutely adore him inside and out as a person, as a writer, as everything. And this book is so fantastic. And it's written almost like a screenplay in places, yep. like it's a script. And so I love this book so much that I actually bought a copy for my son, who's a casting director yeah. in L.A. And I figure since he's not reading scripts right now because everyone's not working, I thought he would get a kick out of that book. And it's really a, just a marvelous book. So those are those are th three books that I would highly recommend anyone to read at this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that kind of tie, ties in uh, with with sort of the next phase of this. I mean, you've been reading your whole life pretty much as most of us have. Are there books or authors that particularly stand out as for you as being interesting, as worthwhile f for the moment? Is it a good time to read books to self-improve yourself or to go for, you know, distraction and, and, and comfort in, in reading? Well, the thing that I do, Jonathan, is I like to have multiple things going on. So I usually will have a nonfiction book and a fiction book and then maybe something that's historical or something like that. So I do like to have a lot of different things depending on the time of day. And also it depends on what project I'm working on, because if I'm in the middle of working on an anthology, I need to make sure that <clears throat> whatever I'm reading for pleasure is completely outside of what I'm doing for the anthology. <clears throat> so for example, <clears throat> normally what I do when I'm working on an anthology is I read detective fiction because that's completely outside of science fiction or the fantasy anthologies or anything like that that I'm working on. And so I have certain different writers that I absolutely adore. And one of the writers, it's actually a husband and wife team, but they go by the name Lars Kepler. So here is their latest book. And Lars Kepler, they, they have a, it's, it's a, it takes place in Sweden. They're Swedish. But their um, detective is actually Finnish, and his name is um, Juna Lina. So he's a Finnish detective, but he lives in Sweden. And so this is their latest book, and I haven't read it yet. I did just recently get it. Cool. And I'm kind of like saving it for the right time because I know there's – this is it. This is what they have right now, and I'll have to wait a while till I get the sure, next one. Sure, of course, one. yeah. So this – 
So I'll be reading this, but at the same time that I'm reading this, which is my um, fiction book, I also got a hold of Nikki, Mickey Kendall's Hood Feminism, and I can't wait to read this book because I've been following her on Twitter for the longest time, and as soon as this book came out, I had my bookstore yeah. hold a copy for me. So I'm very excited about that. So that's my, you know, nonfiction and my fiction. So I do those different things and I like to do that. But then I also recently got a hold of Zora Neale Hurston's new short story collection. You know, she's one of my favorite writers and also I feel a connection to her because of uh, Florida. When I read her work, I really know what she's talking about because now I'm in North Florida, almost Georgia, and it's a completely different world than Orlando or Miami or anything like that. So even though there's probably a hundred years between us in time period, I understand, I I feel a kinship with her when I read her, her fiction. So this is like a collection of her stories, another collection. And I've, I've read uh, almost everything of hers and I'm, Looking forward to that. So then you have, you've got your short stories, you got your nonfiction, you got your detective fiction. I, I like to mix it up. Yeah. It's very important to me. And then, and then in between all of that, <laughs> I'm reading stories to my children, to my grandchildren. And what I'm reading them right now is Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we are actually on book two mm-hmm. <laughs> of that called The Hollow City. And, um, I'm going to finish it. I'm in the last chapter. I'm going to finish today. And then the next book I'm reading with them is the graveyard book by Neil Gaiman. So they all, you know, they they all got to pick a book. Yep. So that's one of the books that they picked. And then, um, the teenager actually wanted to read Alice through the looking glass. And we did that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So that, that was, you know, I like reading the classics too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's been a long time since I had read that. So when I read Alice Through the Looking Glass, I'm like, damn, this is some weird stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every now and again, you do discover the weird stuff. I mean, I was talking to someone who had just read The Count of Monte Cristo and was deeply oh. surprised by the amount of time they spend wandering around Paris, going to the opera and taking copious amounts of drugs. Which oh is gosh. not what I remember from The Count of Monte Cristo at all. <laughs> Now, when you read it originally, did you have to read it for school, or was it something you were reading because you wanted I, to? Well, I was young, and I read a, a version for school, but it was an abridged version, you know. Uh, so it wasn't 1,200 pages long. It was 300 pages long, you know. So they had done away with the entire awkward middle section of the book that didn't suit the 11-year-old boy that well, I suppose. But then, oh you know, apparently I, I was surprised to realize that Skylark of Space, the Doc Smith book, Opens with people with them sitting around taking drugs. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but they're sitting around shooting, shooting. I'm like, I don't remember that. I remember spacey <laughs> stuff, not the drugs. But. So anyway, let me ask you. This is what you've been reading and everything else, which is obviously occupying your time. You're obviously working on new projects and everything else. But do you have anything else out? Do you have anything new out in the world for people to go out and seek out? Well, I actually have an anthology that was released on March 13th, which was Friday the 13th. Interestingly enough, called Avatars.inc. And it's a free anthology that anybody can read online. That's the website, Avatars.inc. And it's a collection of original fiction from some of the best science fiction writers writing today. It, and it's a partnership with the X Prize, the ANA Avatars X Prize, which is a nonprofit 
foundation that creates these competitions for people to come together and create real life things. So it's, it's an anthology that tries to get people to think about the real life uses of avatars. And at the time that we were doing it, it was last year. Nobody knew anything about this pandemic. It was, you know, we're all writing these stories and reading stories, but it came out and the whole idea of avatars is something that you really can talk about now. I think the the average person that doesn't read science fiction could get a hold of this anthology, which is free. You can also download it as an ebook and then talk about the different uses of avatars. Because think about this, Jonathan. We have healthcare workers that are putting their lives in danger trying to take care of the sick, right? But if they could do it via an avatar, they would still have the full 100% as if they were their experience in real time and to be able to work with people. In addition, family members could be with their, their, their sick family and not have to be sequestered and separated. That's another way that you can use an avatar. So people are talking about this. And I've been doing an awful lot of uh, radio interviews and phone interviews and print interviews and and people are talking about this and most of the venues that I've been talking to about this are not the usual science fiction genre venues they are more you know hey we need to talk about something else so that's been a very exciting project for me and I do have some amazing wonderful writers so check it out avatars.inc I'll put a link in the show and notes then, and then in July <laughs> <laughs> In July, I have an actual physical book coming out. It's going to be um, the the companion to the big book of classic fantasy. This one is the big book of modern fantasy. And it's um, another one of those big, gigantic, ginormous books from 1945, basically to about 2010, stories from all over the world. And we do have new translations, as per our usual and I think we have a lot of stories that will be surprising to people. So I'm excited about that. And um, I'm hopeful that people will be ready for some more stories. I'm sure so. they will. And let me ask you, how was it different approaching that book than doing the Mammoth Book of Classic, classic Fantasy? Well, you know, I'll tell you something. When Jeff and I were originally approaching the whole idea, um, we had talked about originally just doing the big book of fantasy. Sure. That was our original plan. And we had been talking about this for at least a decade, if not more. And the more that we talked about it, the more that we realized it was going to have to be two books because it was too big to fit into one book. So then we came up with the idea of making um, a divider of pre-World War One. I'm sorry, pre-World War Two, and then post. So we tried to, to distinguish between those two periods and the world was a lot different back then. You know, we did have a lot of the magazines coming up in the 20s and the 30s, but it really didn't explode until later. And there's that big difference there. So I think that what happened is, is in, in modern, there was more of a distinction of this being a separate thing, whereas in, in classic, it was just part of reading altogether. So there wasn't really that fine line between, you know, this is realism and this is fantasy. So I think that you will find in classic there was it was more of a broader base appeal and more people were reading it without having that distinction. Of, oh, I'm reading a fantasy story. You know, it was just part of what you read. And um, so we approached it that way. But we also wanted to make sure that what we give the, the reader is an idea of what 
people were doing and reading and thinking about in different parts of the world because their approach to fantasy is going to be different. You don't want to have a book where everything is same old, same old, same old. You want your readers to come to it. You want them to have the comfort of something that's familiar to them, but you also want to present them with something completely unique to kind of stretch them. So that's what we try to do with all of our projects is here's a beautiful collection of stories. Here's the ones that you know and love so much. And then here's other ones that you will know and love, and then you'll seek out more work. So that's what we try to do with these anthologies is to present it in a way that people get excited about the stories. And I I also like them to think about the time period. You're talking about um, the Count of Monte Crisco and at the time when that book was originally published and what the world was like then and the differences and, and, and thinking about, wow, people were really reading about this stuff way back then. Yes, they were, you know, and it's really quite fascinating because I do think that, that, um, the modern reader doesn't think about that when they're reading stuff today. They don't think about, well, you know, a hundred years ago, people were talking and thinking about it. I mean, the people are people, right? When you think about the two books and obviously they sit on a spectrum, um, do you feel that there's a greater self-awareness to the work in the second book about actually being fantasy? For some of the stories, I believe that that's true, that that the writers were really setting out to write a fantasy story as opposed to writing a story that just happens to have fantastical elements in it. I think there's probably more of that. And one of the things that I, I found, and maybe it's just my bias, but a lot of the stories in, um, in modern were about transformation. So there's quite a bit of that in there as well. And um, there are dragons, which is why the cover has a dragon. And uh, I do like dragons. And the other thing about that is with, with um, modern fantasy, modern fantasy also had a nod back to previous time periods because there's a lot of... Um, medieval sword and sorcery that kind of thing going on in the modern so there's almost a nostalgia in a sense and yet making it more modern so okay Okay. well avatars inc is out right now and of course the big book of modern fantasy is out in a couple of months so hopefully people will chase that down thank you so much for making time to talk to me today and i genuinely appreciate it Well, thank you for inviting me, Jonathan. I appreciate it very much. It's good to see your face. And yours. Okay. (laughs)